Takes a tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. All right, welcome into the Week 12 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Crackman. We're three weeks away from the 2021 Mountain West Football Championship game coming up Saturday, December 4th on Fox, and both division races are inching towards being settled. In the Mountain Division, Utah State can clinch a spot in the championship game with a home win over Wyoming Saturday, coupled with a Boise State loss to New Mexico, but this one is most likely coming down to the final week. The Broncos and Air Force each a game back of the Aggies. As for the West Division, San Diego State in the driver's seat. The Aztecs can win out and hold off Fresno State and Nevada. It won't be the easiest path for SDSU as they close out with a road date at suddenly hot UNLV and then Boise State in Carson on November 26th. In the polls, San Diego State ranked number 19 in the latest college football playoff rankings. The Aztecs also number 23 in both the AP and coaches polls. Utah State receiving votes in both the AP and coaches polls, while Fresno State garnering votes in the coaches poll. Boise State's 23-13 win over Wyoming on the blue last Friday night gave the Broncos six wins on the year, making Boise State now the sixth bowl-eligible team in the Mountain West, joining San Diego State, Utah State, Fresno State, Air Force, and Nevada. The conference's six bowl-eligible teams tied for the third most among the FBS conferences, trailing only the Big Ten and the SEC. So coming up on this week's show, we talk to the longest tenured head coach in the Mountain West, Troy Calhoun, in his 15th season at Air Force, as the Falcons are coming off an impressive road win at Colorado State, plus something a little different this week. What's it like to run a team social media account? I'll talk to Fresno State Assistant Director of Strategic Communications, Savannah Stokel, about connecting with fans here in 2021. It's the Week 12 edition of This Week in the Mountain West, and you have it here on the Mountain West Radio Network. This is Craig Bull, head coach of the University of Wyoming. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. With unrivaled landscapes that provide a quality of life unlike any in the country, you'll find us immersed at the peak of nature's splendor through a gateway of opportunity which leads to academic and personal growth that is beyond compare. Our students learn at the peak of achievement. And as our more than 5,000 student-athletes take the field of play with unequaled passion, you'll find us performing at the peak of competition. The Mountain West is at the peak. This is Brady Hope, head coach of the San Diego State Aztecs. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Let's recap a wild week 11. Control of the West Division on the line Saturday night in Carson, Nevada at 22nd ranked San Diego State. Matt Ariza continues to be a huge story for the Aztecs. He boomed punts of 60, 57, 57, and 62 yards in the game. But the junior also booted three field goals, the most important of which coming with a minute 21 left. At the 25, his third attempt of the day. He's made from 39 and 48. This will be a 35. Kick up. Kick. 
That was the game winner. Ted Leitner with the call on Extra 1360. Ariza named Mountain West Special Teams Player of the Week for the fifth time in his Aztecs career. And San Diego State stays atop the West Division with a 23-21 home win over the Wolfpack. Fresno State hosting New Mexico. The Bulldogs rolling. Jake Hanner throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. And Ronnie Rivers continues to make history. Rivers lined up to take the snap again. This time he's going to run right. Mims with a lead block, but Ronnie bounces outside to the 5-4-3-2-1 touchdown number 50 in his record-breaking Bulldog career. Paul Leffler from Learfield. That's win number 8 for Fresno State. 34-7 the final. UNLV and Hawaii at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas Saturday. And what a day for Charles Williams. 266 yards on 38 carries and three touchdowns for the Chuck Wagon. And UNLV has now strung together back-to-back victories. The handoff Charles Williams. He's got a hole! He's at the 30! He's at the 20! He's at the 10! Touchdown Rebels! Russ Langer on ESPN 1100. Rebels over the Rainbow Warriors 27-13. The Mountain West rushing title will be a fun race to keep an eye on. Williams with a 25-yard lead on Brad Roberts of Air Force with two games remaining for each team. We got Week 11 started last Friday night. Classic Mountain Division slugfest with Wyoming at Boise State. Just a six-point game in the fourth quarter when Dimitri Washington picks off Levi Williams and returns it 37 yards, setting the Broncos up at the Wyoming 13. Van Buren again. He's moving inside the five and into the end zone. Andrew Van Buren for the score. Audio courtesy of FS1, that would make it a two-score game. Boise State, a 23-13 home win to go to 4-2 and two in conference, still hot on Utah State's heels in the mountain. Saturday, Utah State was trailing San Jose State 14-0 in the second quarter at Seth Q Stadium. The Aggies would outscore the Spartans by 45 the rest of the way and win it by a score of 48-17. He's looking deep, looking for right. It's up for grabs. Right comes back and scores. Right. What an adjustment. Comes back around, gets in front of the defender, reels it in, and folks, you just got yourself a Utah State touchdown. Scott Gerard from Learfield, Utah State has won five in a row. They're eight and two overall. They lead the Mountain Division with a five and one conference record. Air Force at Colorado State Saturday night. Front range rivalry with the Ram Falcon trophy on the line. Falcons do what they do. The nation's top rushing offense turns out 388 on the ground, but it was the Air Force passing game that made history on this night. Daniels on first down will throw. Three-man rush, deep ball, up the left sideline, caught by Brandon Lewis. Midfield, to the 30, to the 20. Will he get in? Touchdown, Air Force. Jim Arthur from Learfield, Hazeek Daniels to Brandon Lewis, 92-yard touchdown, the longest pass play in Academy history. Air Force gets win number 7, 35-21. Much more on this one with Falcons head coach Troy Calhoun coming up after these words from your local station. Hey, this is Blake Anderson, head football coach of the Utah State Aggies. We'll be right back with more of this week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Troy Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force Academy. Welcome back to this week in the Mountain West. Air Force gets back on the winning track last Saturday going to Colorado State and keeping the Ram Falcon Trophy at the Academy after beating the Front Range Rivals 35-21. Joining us now on This Week in the Mountain West in his 15th season as the head coach at Air Force, it's Troy Calhoun. Coach, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks, Nate. Always enjoy visiting with you. 
Coach, a great win last Saturday. So much to celebrate coming out of that game. Let's start with this. Brad Roberts went over 1,000 yards rushing for the season. Is it rewarding for you to see your players hit those kinds of milestones? Well, it is because of the work they've done. Yet at the same time, I think what makes it even more so is just uh, is the gratitude that Brad has for all of his teammates. I mean, truly, uh, he is a hard runner, uh, has good vision, good forward lean, and uh, and yet, I mean, he's as humble and as uh, diligent and uh, as forward moving as it gets in terms of uh, wanting to improve too. My observation from afar is that's a back that gets stronger as the game goes on. Coach, how does he do it? Well, that's a tremendous question. I'll tell you, he does have good lower body strength, uh, even though he might be there about 205, 207 pounds. The other part is he has really, really good vision. So, Nate, um, he's just a, even at a time maybe when he's going to get tackled, it's rare that he gets tackled head on or flush. Speaking of great plays, you converted a fake punt in the third quarter. Dane Kinneman getting 16 yards on a fourth and five. It was exciting to see. What's the sense and anticipation like on the sideline for you and your staff when you wait for that snap? Well, you know, ironically, the play, the previous play on third down, he was thumped pretty good on a ball caught in the flat. And, uh, and he'd been out there for a good number of snaps, and he started heading to the sideline. I said, you're in on fourth down. He kind of looked at me like, why would I be in on fourth down? We aren't going for it from fourth and seven. Are you that crazy? And, uh, and, and it was for him to be able to run the fake punt. And uh, that's one of those when it works. You think, boy, that yeah, we should have done it. Uh, yet the other side of that coin, too, uh, you'd be getting after me pretty good right now. Well, and converting on that fourth down, I mean, that's one of the things that led to that second half time of possession. You guys had the ball for over 22 minutes of the game over the final 30 minutes on the clock. How good is it to see that? Because really, that's an all three phases achievement. You're exactly right. You know, it means uh, you're probably doing some things right in the kicking game, but you're getting off the field on third down, especially uh, on the defensive side of the ball and then offensively. So you're making some first, you know, first downs, whether that's converting either on third or fourth down. Any part of winning in this second half of the season means that guys are stepping up, and you had to shuffle some guys because of injuries on the defensive line. Jordan Jackson moving over to the nose tackle against Colorado State. How did that group do given those challenges? Yeah, you know, Nate, I, I mean, he is he is as sharp as they come. Uh, just he is a guy that's able to handle the versatility, playing multiple positions. Um, and and yet you need that down the stretch of the season. That's certainly been the case. I think about the last six games in the offensive line too. We just we've yet to truly be able to play the same five guys uh, at least for two or three weeks in a row. And I don't think that's asking for too much. But some seasons that's uh, that's a part of it, and you have to adapt. And your defense has just been so good in dealing with that all season long. Let's talk about the leadership a little bit. Demonte Meeks, what does he mean to your defense? He seems like a guy the teammates really gravitate towards. You know, they do, and Jordan Jackson, too. I mean, Jordan Jackson, uh, just his example. Every single day at practice, his maturity. And, uh, Nate, lo and behold, both those guys ran the Air Force Academy summer engineering program. Uh, they, they, they were in charge of it for all the cadets this summer and uh, did, an, uh, did an exceptional job off the field, too. And you guys get your seventh win Saturday at Colorado State, guaranteeing a winning record. When we talked at Media Day this summer, Coach, you didn't know what to expect for the season. You reminded me time and again in our conversation about the team's youth. What did it mean to the program to see that maturation pay off with a winning record this year? Yeah, Nate, it's it's 
just gigantic. And I say it from the standpoint, you're right, we just we did not ha- – coming into this season, we just did not have that many guys that really had played college football. And, and I go back to last week, we went to Fort Collins, and, and I went down through a roster, and we only had five guys on our whole team that had ever even had played five snaps against Colorado State. And, you know, so having so many new guys, I think there's there's some bonus to that in the future. Uh, yet at the same time, goodness gracious, you want to be able to make the most of the present. And uh, these guys have done it. We've played really, really competitive football all season long. And yet, Nate, we're going to get a doozy of a challenge this Friday night when we go out to Reno. Yeah, you got a big one coming up here. We'll get to that one in just a moment. Troy, I think you'd agree Air Force always looks sharp on the field. But the helmets and uniforms that you wore this past week paid tribute to the B-52s that flew in Operation Linebacker 2 in North Vietnam in 1972. In addition to just looking great, what did it mean to you to honor those missions? Well, the soul and the essence of everything that you're all about here at the United States Air Force Academy and to recognize uh, those that have gone prior, uh, those that have made our freedoms possible here in the United States of America, and uh, and how sharp and how gritty and how exact they were uh, to be able to operate those missions there in December of 1972, which helped push forward the conclusion of that conflict there in Southeast Asia. All right, so you talked about Nevada. It's a short week in Reno, Friday night, taking on a tough Wolfpack team. What are some of the things you and your staff have to do to speed up the timeline in preparation playing a road game on a short week? Well, I'll say this, Nate. Uh, we got home at about 1130 on Saturday night, and we were in here bright and early Sunday morning, and uh, I don't know if I've quite gone to bed yet. So, <laughs> you know, I think what, what we've done, we've tried to cram – um, really four days of preparation into three in the sense that usually you go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, whether that's red zone, whether that's third down short yardage, uh, whether that's goal line, whether that's third down. I mean, just all the situational football where you want to be excellent. Um, we're committed that way. We've just had to cram it into a uh, much shorter period of time. Coach, 15th season at Air Force, you've had a lot of wins over those many years. But when you look back on your time here in the Mountain West Conference, who are some of the coaches that you went up against where that week you and your staff knew, okay, we're in for a good one this week? This really is has been and is an exceptional league. You know, you think of some of those teams that Gary Patterson had at TCU that were top five teams in the country. Uh, Chris Peterson's team that we played in 2011 uh, was a top five team uh, out at Boise State. Uh, Kyle Winningham had some tremendous squads at Utah, including a team that went undefeated, won the Sugar Bowl in 2008 with Brian Johnson as a, as, as a quarterback. Bronco Mendenhall had some outstanding teams at BYU. And then you look currently in the league, um, golly, the job that Brady Hoke's done at San Diego State, uh, just truly the leadership that Craig Bull provides up at Wyoming. And I could go on and on amongst the, the current coaches and uh, the current programs, too. Troy Calhoun, everybody. Air Force is on the road at Nevada Friday night. Big matchup, the Falcons and the Wolfpack. Be sure to tune in. Coach, thank you so much. Best of luck this week and the rest of the way. All right. Appreciate it, Nate. We'll see ya. Up next, we talk social media and how a college football team engages with their fans over the internet. That's coming up here on This Week in the Mountain West. This is Jay Norvell, head coach of the University of Nevada. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. 
With 12 institutions nestled in the nation's most desirable destinations, you'll see us enjoying life at the peak of celebration. As you witness us not only win, but win the right way, you'll find us competing at the peak of integrity. As our more than 5,000 student athletes take the field of play with unequaled passion, you'll find us performing at the peak of competition. The Mountain West is at the peak. This is Danny Gonzalez, head coach of the University of New Mexico Lobos. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. All right, something a little different this week here on This Week in the Mountain West. I want to talk about fandom here in 2021, specifically fan engagement through social media. It's a major way that fans connect with their university, their program, their team, and each other. So what's it like to build that brand and maintain that connection from the perspective of the actual team account? Well, here to answer a few of my many questions is Fresno State's Assistant Director of Strategic Communications, Savannah Stokel. Savannah, welcome to This Week in the Mountain West. Thank you for having me. All right, so the Fresno State football Twitter account is one of the more entertaining social media presences in the Mountain West. For you and your team that run the account, what's the tone that you guys are going for? I'm not sure if we necessarily have a tone. I think uh, reading the tone is definitely important, so... You want to make sure that you have um, the right presence at the right time. But we definitely try and keep it lighthearted, and we really, I want to say, like mesh with what it is that our fans are like. Um, so our fans are very edgy, I would say, and they, they're pretty passionate and emotional about Fresno State football and the rest of our uh, teams here. So basketball, baseball, softball, all that. It's exciting, but that's kind of the tone that we match is, what our fans bring and how it is that our teams are performing and just how we can relate to the Valley and the people that support our program. So what's the balance that you try to strike in giving fans some humor, maybe a little trash talk, kind of speak to that edge a little bit, while also trying to make sure that you align with the wishes of head coach Kalen DeBoer and the entire athletic department? Right. That's. I mean, that's kind of the, the – they go hand in hand, we can say. So it's just, I mean, during the week, we, we keep it fun. We keep it lighthearted. Uh, we do have, like, some rivalry games or the bigger games, like uh, the UCLA game that we had. It's obviously a ranked opponent. We have had some good success going into the Rose Bowl. So we knew that that game was going to be a gay, big game. And it is. It's definitely reading the room a little bit, but also just kind of keeping in mind that it is just social media and it is Twitter. And staying lighthearted is something that you kind of have to do because it is Twitter and it is fun. But also at the same time, you have to kind of, understand what it is and the the reach that you're having with the different people that your audience is so it's I mean it's the fans for one it's recruits it's the team and we are we're a direct representation of what it is that our program stands for so we keep it fun and we keep it lighthearted. but we also have to remember that we do represent the program and we have to do our best to show the program in its best light and this has been a memorable season already here for the Bulldogs, from having that fourth quarter lead at Oregon to the win at UCLA, 5-2 and two in the Mountain West, highlighted by that thriller against Nevada. So that was all on the field. Now, in your realm, what are some of your favorite social media posts from this already memorable season? Um, I mean, I got to say the one uh, after UCLA, big, big engagement numbers on that one. Um, it was just a graphic but it it did pop off because of the, I mean, obviously the game. If the game wasn't played the way that it was um, on the field between, I mean, Jake's performance being injured half the time and just the way that the guys never quit, that that 
specific tweet with the Hollywood sign graphic would not have uh, done as well as it did, but that's definitely one. It was our most engaged tweet in the history of the account, so that's that's pretty cool to say that we had that much engagement. And I mean, we got easily over a thousand followers just from that tweet alone. Not necessarily one of our tweets itself, but after the win at San Diego State, uh, Jay Kaner did an on-field interview where he called out um, the college game day crew for not picking us ever. And then we got a lot of just publicity from Ken Jong because he was the only one who picked us that game. And just having all these people see us on Twitter, it just shows how much of a platform that is in different ways to get the exposure for the program all right savannah anytime you talk about social media there's also the less fun aspect of it especially with sports people don't like losing their frustrations can be aired on twitter uh in a at times unkind sort of terms uh besides the correct strategy to just ignore it the best you can uh what have you learned about the best ways to minimize any such reactions and keep things positive whether they be with opponent fans or even fresno no state fans uh that's always tough and we have had some losses this year where i mean people are upset in the comments and it i mean it is what it is they're going to take their frustrations out on on somebody and that's just part of managing a social media account is having to kind of steer everybody back into the right direction whether that's after a loss or whatever it may be yeah with the visiting or the opponent but it's it's tough, I got to be honest, and they they waste no time coming for you if you just tweet a graphic with the final score if it's not the way that you want it to be or whatever it may be. But you just, I mean, you got to do your best to highlight the positives. I mean, I'm sure there's at least one positive that can be taken out of anything. But, I mean, you see it in, like, professional teams. I mean, the NFL right now, obviously, there's a lot of games that are coming, and the NFL social media is kind of something that I look at to – bounce ideas off of because they are in the same business and I think it was the Falcons this last week they lost and they just they have a humor to it but I think it's funny because people don't necessarily understand that the person running the social media is not playing the game <laughs> um, so they, they, you'll look at the comments and it's like oh you need to do this or do this and it's like I I just hit send on the tweet so <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I really don't understand how people people think things work. But well, well, maybe this is the solution. Maybe Coach DeBoer brings you and your staff in and lets you consult on play calling. Okay. I yeah, it's a, I would be happy to see how that conversation goes. I'd be like, listen, I got this tag on Twitter, and I think it I think it'll work. The people really want it. Well, Fresno State has a bye this week, and they finish up the regular portion of the schedule with a road date against their rivals, San Jose State. And then, who knows, still an outside shot at the Mountain West Championship game. Fresno State Assistant Director of Strategic Communications, Savannah Stokel, running that great Fresno State football Twitter account. Savannah, tell all the people where they can follow Fresno State Athletics so that they can uh, catch up on everything you guys are doing because you really do good work. Yeah, our Twitter handle is at Fresno State FB. Uh, we have a blue logo with our four paw on it. And then on Instagram, we are at Fresno underscore state underscore football. So a little bit different handles, which is a little bit aggravating, but it is what it is. Um, but that's where we're at. All right, Savannah, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy the rest of this season. Keep up the good work. 
Thank you so much. We preview the entire Week 12 schedule next after this from your local station. This is Brent Brennan, head coach of the San Jose State Spartans. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. This is Coach Todd Graham, head coach of the Rainbow Warriors. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. The Week 12 schedule in the Mountain West starts with a Friday night double header. Troy Calhoun's Air Force Falcons go on the road to Reno to face Nevada at 6 p.m. Pacific 7 Mountain on FS1. Wolfpack quarterback Carson Strong leading the Mountain West with a 70.5% completion rate and 3,547 yards through the air. He's also tied for the league lead with 28 touchdown passes. Then at 8.30 Pacific, dangerous game for number 19 San Diego State visiting suddenly hot UNLV on CBS Sports Network, the Aztecs with the nation's number three rushing defense. They'll face a stiff test from the Mountain West's leading rusher, the Chuck Wagon, Charles Williams. Three games Saturday night starting at 6 p.m. Mountain with Wyoming at Utah State on CBS Sports Network. On Monday, Utah State senior Devin Tompkins named one of 10 semifinalists for the Bolitnikoff Award for the nation's top receiver. Tompkins leading the nation with 1,441 receiving yards entering Week 12. New Mexico with a tough road test at Boise State on FS1 at 7 p.m. Mountain. The Broncos 8-1 against the Lobos in Mountain West play since 2011. And the late game, Colorado State at Hawaii, 6 p.m. Hawaii time. That's 9 p.m. Mountain. Rams have dropped four in a row. Hawaii three straight. So a losing streak is guaranteed to be snapped late Saturday night at the Clarence T.C. Ching Complex in Honolulu. That game available on Spectrum Sports and the Team One Sports app. Fresno State and San Jose State both idle this week. And that will do it for the Week 12 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Crackman. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.